Bowl. The guys will discuss the CMU football team's chances of winning another game this season, preview the men's and women's basketball starting lineups, and check up on the soccer team. What's up, everybody? We're back with another edition of Maroon Bowl. I'm CM Life Sports Editor Dylan Getz, here with beat writers Evan Petzold and Andy McDonald. It's week nine on the campus of Central Michigan University, guys. How are we hanging in there? It's going. It's another another one of those weeks. Honestly, like the homework's really started to pour down on me because, yeah. like, I've had some midterms and everything, and yeah, it's not making stuff easy. Plus, I've had some group projects, and I do not yeah. like group projects. Did you Did you make it through midterm week, Evan? Brick by brick. That's how you got to <laughs> do it. It's it's a step by step, brick by brick, brick you know, whatever, whatever brick. you want to call what it, day by mean? day, minute by minute. It just takes a little bit of. Uh, Extra effort, but yeah, you know, it's always possible to get by. He's making it, right? Yeah, sometimes you're, you're still in some of those freshman freshman classes, are you? Some of those hundred level. You know what it was like last year. And some, <laughs> of them, some of them aren't too bad, but I know they amp up as uh, as you go on, and some oh, of them yeah. are definitely starting to hit. No, me, these are this is the time period right before November and October where you get hit with all the homework. So we can all we can all attest to that. Yep, yep. Uh, that senioritis is real. I will tell you what for sure. Ready to be done. Anyway, this is the eighth Maroon and Bowl of the semester. We're going to be taking some. We're going to be talking about some Central Michigan football. Uh, check up on the soccer team, and then we're going to talk about the starting lineups uh, on the men's and women's basketball team teams, which are which are going to get started here uh, at the end of the month. So in just a few days, um, about this football team. However, they did what we expected. We we kind of knew they were going to lose. I don't know if anybody was picking CMU to win. Against their rival Western Michigan, they they ended up losing thirty five to ten, but man, was it sad in that stadium that day. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say the least. I mean, which is embarrassing compared to what we talked about when the last time we were on here about how you know a couple of years ago that game was pretty big. It was completely full there. Just to even look at you know the images of what it looked like mm-hmm. it in that stadium. Rough. I mean. Granted, yeah, the weather is bad, and I think it does. I think it plays a little bit of a role, but for the most part, this team isn't isn't good. So people aren't going to come mm-hmm. out and watch someone that has, they're playing for nothing. I mean, essentially, yeah, it's a huge rivalry game and you always want to see them still win. And like, sure, if they would have won this game, would it end up being a big deal? But coming in, no one believed that they could seriously win this game because they haven't shown any reason that they could. Exactly. It's just it's just a straight-up embarrassment. I mean, even let's even look at the whole season, you know, together. I think the whole season kind of emulates exactly what last Saturday was against Western Michigan, right? I mean... Deflated. Exactly. You, you come in <laughs> with these... You it. come in with these... These these high hopes and, and yeah you don't want to believe it but at the same time you just kind of hope that maybe there's going to be a little bit of something that can get the job done. That's what people thought coming into this season was we lose Shane Morris we lose Corey Willis, um, you know, you name them we lost them basically off of that yeah. you know starting offense that was such a threat. So coming in there was a lot of concerns but a lot of people kind of said eh well who knows and I think that's how it was with Western is no one really believed it but everyone kind of said hey. I mean, I guess who knows, mm-hmm. maybe, and that was kind of, kind of their thought process on it. But it was so, it was so interesting to see that defense just absolutely fail time after time after time after. That was kind of their rock, you know, all, all yeah, season yeah, long. All season their thing. They could rely when on your that rival, defense, yeah. when your rival is the team that kind of just pushes it over and really smacks it in your in your face and just get and gets mm-hmm. you know rushes right through you like that makes it hurt even more. It's not something that's easy to take. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's kind of like you're standing right at the edge of that cliff, right? Yeah. And you're standing there 
and someone's going to end up pushing you over, <laughs> but it's just a matter of time. And in this situation, it was Western Michigan. It was the rival that pushed him over the edge. And I think I, this is it for this. I think be this is you, it. I think this team has known that they're on the edge since they lost to Kansas. I think they've mm-hmm. known. Oh, they've known in their it. heads that it's like okay, we're not anything that we might have thought we were going to be coming into this season, and it just hasn't changed. But they made things interesting against Michigan State, and that kind of brought people's hopes up a little bit. Maybe they find a, mm-hmm. they always find a way to make one quarter per game good. They did it again in this game. They got had a, a quarter where they won ten to zero in the third. They made it twenty one to ten. Yeah, they came back and got a little bit closer. But it's just like they can never put together a complete effort mm-hmm. and get through the whole game without giving something up. It's like one thing goes wrong, they have a turnover. Whatever it might be, and then they just flop over and they give it to the other team. Yeah, they can never finish the comeback. Is what yeah. you're, what you're yeah. saying? Like, you know, they always, you know, they might score ten points or something, and that'll be like the high point of the game for CMU Athletics. <laughs> Let's and, talk about it, right? And then they'll literally just lay an egg in the final quarter or whatever. You know, it's just, it's just really bad. The thing is, well, I did the, I did the thing like the attendance story where I took like panoramic photos of the, of like all the stands during the game. Yeah. And of course, you know, CMU said there's 10,000 people there. <laughs> Even though I counted with my own two hands, Evan watched it. I literally counted 255 on one side of the stadium at one point. And that was probably the the most full side of the stadium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the student like, section after the rain delay was wow. I wow. was, eat, oh, I was eating bad. some chips and slurping down some Mountain Dew there, you know, as. <laughs> As things were kind of getting man. started, and I, and I look over and I see this guy with his finger out, his eyes are squinted, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" He's like, <laughs> "Well, I think I can count this." And I was like, "All right, like, he go has, ahead." Can you guys believe this? This kid gets paid to eat chips and slurp down Mountain Dew. It's just <laughs> and watch me count it, it, it's, fans it, in this it's crazy. <laughs> it was right. It was right before the game started back up. Calm down. Yeah, and then he, yeah, and then he, was, and then he counted periodically throughout the game again. But nonetheless, <laughs> I look over at him and it just kind of hit me in the. It kind of hit me. I was like, "Wow." Like, this guy's trying to count because he can, not yeah. not because he <laughs> right. wants, like not because it's not like it's impossible. It's not like there's tons of fans. He he's doing it because he yeah. actually can. It's the, actually a possibility, and that was just depressing. That's the worst part about it all. I could literally count how many people there, like how many people there were in the stands. If you can do that at a Division One football game, I mean, just cancel it. If you can do that, at a, high, program, you can do that like, at a high school game, it's still kind of like right, there's clearly problems. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, if you're asking any any of us three, I think we'd all say the same thing, that you, we don't blame the students. I oh, mean, no. And, why? yeah, that that's one of the things that I want to mention. Like, our, our uh, student advisor, Dave Clark, he – he pretty much told us like a lot of people were taking that the wrong way. A lot of people were like on social media and things were taking that like it was a shout at the students when it wasn't. Like yeah, I don't even think we see any reason to go to these games. You know, like it was really just like uh, I mean, it was really just like trying to illustrate how misleading and and inaccurate those attendance numbers are. You know, yeah. it wasn't like a shout at the students. You know, I. I don't want to be there either. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, it's a train wreck. So it's getting to that point where yeah. it's just in the season. You're just kind of like, all right, time to move on to the next one. Eventually, mm-hmm. you just get to the end of the chapter, and you're just like, this one's not going to be one you want to remember yeah. in this book. So no, this yeah, this entire year is going to be forgotten. Yeah, and, and and it's it's sad because of where they were at a year ago. I mean, you really thought things were kind of getting turned around. I mean, yeah. for, since I've been here, at least that was hands down the best year they've they've had since I've been here. And you yeah. would have thought that. At least something good could have come out of this year, and and to go one and seven and be fighting what you wrote about this week, Evan, with him possibly having one of the worst seasons, you know, win percentage wise, ever. Rough. I mean, that's unbelievable from where they were at after you just signed your head coach to that kind of a contract, and everything's looking positive. Yeah, that was tough. I mean, <laughs> eight and five year things were on the up. I mean, 
Bono resigned and got like more money every per year. It was like a contract extension. Just I don't know because Alfred wanted to just be that guy. Yep. But now he's really looking like a f- fool. You yeah. Know? Like. <laughs> So, I don't well, know. Well, here's the thing it's, too. When yeah. you when you sign a coach like that and when you have a coach like like Bono that says, you know, he's kind of you know, he wants to be your franchise guy, right? He wants to be your long term. He wants to be yeah. here until it's done. There's something different about in my opinion at least, you know, between what he is right now and a good coach. Cuz I think when you're when you have a good coach, it's not about what you lose, it's how you develop what's next. And I, and I think that's the most important thing. You, you see coaches all around the nation. I mean, look at Alabama. They lose guys, and not not to compare the two like that, but you get what I'm yeah. saying. They lose guys in the league all the time, and they, they reload. Yeah, and, yeah. and CMU, they lost a lot of a lot of really good players who happened to not really be that good of recruits coming out of school, out yeah. of high school. So where is that next wave? It, it, where is it? And that's I mean, what a good coach in the MAC will do is they'll bring that wave through every year. I think CMU builds a lot up and takes a lot in actually getting their people to be seniors and develop over that mm-hmm. much time. That's why I think it's a little bit different than a school like Alabama or something because people might leave a little bit earlier. But you get, or whatever the, you get the point, though. I get what right. you're saying, though, like all the way through. You have to have people come in and be you know better and ready to go. And he clearly didn't do that from last year to this year because this offense just isn't ready, period. It doesn't matter who you look at on the field. They're all not ready. But still, Tommy Lazaro, he sat behind Cooper Rush, and he sat behind Shane Morris, and he got practice reps in every day. What more practice do you— Practice reps, though. Yeah, but what more do you need? Yeah, I mean, once, it's, once, it's, once it's, game day experience only goes so far when yeah, you're playing true. in the MAC. Like, if the, if this was, like, the SEC, yes. practice really isn't—really has, like, no— No factor no, what it's like to play like, in those Yeah, it, it's not similar at all, but, I mean— Come on, like, yeah. like you know, like my only point. Well, no, that, not even yeah. really that though. My only point is you got to train under two of you know CMU's best quarterbacks since Dan Lefevre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are kind of sure. those have kind of been the guys, Shane True. and, and Cooper. Not, yeah, Cooper. Cooper probably Cooper is the best. Is quarterback. the best yeah. Yeah, yeah, then, I mean, yeah, playing for Dallas. <laughs> next, well then, yeah, and then next best is is Dan and probably on. Shane is somewhere there. in yeah, there. Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, somewhere in there. Plus, you got to. I mean, we we got to look back farther to like their. You know they're like NCAA Division two championship winning seasons. Yeah, like but that, but nonetheless, know, but... Tommy was blessed. Oh yeah, to sit behind those two guys and yeah. learn from them. I mean, Shane made big plays. Cooper Rush was a guy who was in the film room and he was he studied the game and he right. understood the game yeah, like nobody else. Guy. He beat out a guy in the NFL, Kellen Moore. That was I mean not, he was great, but he was in the league for yeah, five he, six years yeah. before me. Kellen, he took, and Kellen he Moore took, set a lot of records in college too. Kel, he was Kellen Moore Kellen was a guy that you know in in Dallas they didn't want to replace and they mm-hmm. still because because Cooper Rush was so good in his yeah. preseason chances he got that position and took it from him. No, I'm pretty sure just off the top of my head like me and like thinking like I'm pretty sure me and my roommate have noticed. Just watching NFL games, like he's he's reached the field. I'm like for a couple different series, this, even this season. Yeah, all it's gonna take is an injury or something. That guy's gonna get his chance finally. Yeah, so but here's, here's we'll my, so th- but my point is this though. I understand that Lazaro didn't get that playing time that you're talking about, where you kind of breed your guys right until they're seniors. But still, mm-hmm. he had enough, I think, to do better than than what he's doing now. Well, yeah, you've been around, you watch, you're expected to be able to come in and. Step up and be good. It, it goes that way with anybody and Tony in the country. Tony should have been a, a tight end slash wide receiver coming into the season anyway. That's it should just, have been all off season that just for to me Tommy. is a bad coaching decision. That's that's just something you know yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta decipher that yourself oh yeah. as a coach. You gotta know this guy actually can't throw the ball exactly. in a Division One college football. And game. then the the way he kind of like doubled down on Tony being the, like the future of the program at QB. Like I don't know. I'm really <laughs> yeah, just seriously. losing faith. You know, like I don't know. 
like I said earlier, it made kind of Alfred look dumb after signing up for like five years and giving a big paying. It, it's stuff, it's but. always tough here at CMU to talk about these kind of people like this because, like, you know, I like John Montemago. I think he's a good guy and everything else. But it's like when the job's not getting done, you got to wonder if it was the right move overall. And it's like yeah. it's such a close community that it's like, you know, I feel like it's sometimes hard for people to make these kind of decisions and everything if you – like him and like the personality, and then he has a season like he had last right. year. You might have jumped to conclusions and and been like, he, well, he honestly, could be a nice like, guy. Like being extremely like genuine with you guys. Like I think Alfred really doesn't care because this is just like a stepping stone to his next job. I mean, if you look at it, like you know, he's been he wants to go to the Big Ten. He wants yeah, to go he, somewhere. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. This is, this is just a place where he who wouldn't though. Yeah, <laughs> this is just a place where he's brought in to build this like crazy addition to a stadium. He'll be gone and like three to four years, probably by the time you graduate, honestly. Like, look, it's <laughs> he, he'll he do whatever. You know, he'll get a couple of things done. But the state of the CMU football program is still going to be pretty iffy. Yikes. The thing yeah. that's frustrating, too, is, is you know, Dylan, I know you took a lot of heat for the story that you wrote and, and because people maybe weren't understanding the angle you were coming from. And I know a lot of the players have been upset yet. Former players have kind of been been you know backing us at CM Life and backing the mm. fans, saying, "Hey, they got to oh, put yeah. a product out there." But Absolutely. but the, right. the point is, is you know sometimes yeah, like it, it it does suck to cover a team that's struggling just because they're not bad people. You have to report the facts, though. You have to report the truth, and you have to report what's going on. So a lot of these guys will look at us as you know saying, "You only write bad things about the team." Well, the team's one in seven. Yeah, like, and I, I know this podcast yeah. isn't all about that, but I'm just trying to say that. No, it's, it, it is frustrating. It yeah. really is. It's yeah. it's kind of interesting in our in our spot because you know say they're say they're like four and one at one point in the season and they love us, you know like Bonds yeah. running to the mm-hmm. press conference and everything. You know he'll skip his post game cigar. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the thing but, is the thing is but, too though. Yeah, like when when they're losing, I mean you know everybody hates everybody. And CM Life yeah. is really all that they got. I mean you go to a. Exactly. I'll just throw it out there. A Michigan State or a Michigan, just because they're in state, whatever. Let's use those for an example. Like they have newspapers from all around the state coming to them, but all they really yeah. have is us and athletics. And, and well, that's because that's Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, I mean, they those programs sell themselves. You know, oh, yeah. Like, like it's not a local thing like it is at Central Michigan University. You know? But it's yeah. different when like five outlets are writing, I guess, oh, yeah. negative things about your team because your team is struggling. You kind of say, oh, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense then. If just one is doing it, like in our case, I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. people get a little bit upset and don't really understand where yeah, we're coming from. They zone in on it because they can. I mean, that, that's just how it is. You you said it. Like, people read our, our paper over almost anything else when it comes to, you know, any coverage of our sports. Mm-hmm. So that's just, yeah, you, know, I mean, you become like, known for how you write it. But when they suck, you can't really do anything about it. I mean, yeah. they're as bad <laughs> as they are. It's not our responsibility, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to taint your guys' performance on the field if it was shit. It was shit. Yeah, and if you guys are winning, you know, we'd be writing probably the best stuff we possibly could. There yeah. wouldn't be room for negative stuff, so you'd be writing positive stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way that it is. It's if this team if this team's <laughs> record is is totally flipped, I mean there's there's more stuff. There's more stories. Losing yeah. and winning yeah. are two yeah. different things, and any athlete knows that. Yep. It's just, you know, this is where yeah. they're at. They're one and seven. No, exactly. I I think we should move on to soccer. I mean, we're we're kinda we're kinda repeating ourselves a little bit here, but <laughs> Man, we could rant about this forever, I'm sure. Everybody could. Um, that's, that's the talking point yeah, right so, now. So anyway, on Thursday, which is well, October 25th, um, soccer had their play-in game. You know, if they won their last game of the season, they would make the MAC tournament. If they had lost, they would have. Uh, it would be up to um, the rest of the results over the over this week. So we're not really sure 
uh, if they're going to move on in the MAC tournament yet. It depends on everybody else's results. But they didn't win the game. They lost in overtime, 3-2 to two to Eastern Michigan, who's 10-10 and 10 this year. Uh, CMU finished the regular season with a 7-12 and 12 record. Um, it looks like first half, Eastern Michigan went up 2-0. This game was in Ypsilanti as well. Um, then Central kind of came back, tied it up, forced OT with two goals in the second half from Bringard and then uh, Riley Mann, who was her... That was her first career, I believe. You. Yep. Yeah. First career goal. First career goal. Uh, didn't see anything out of Palapis. Didn't see anything out of uh, Madison Costner either. Neither yeah. one of those guys got on the board. It looks like Palapis had five shots or five shots, three on goal, but I mean nothing. Obviously yeah, going for. Didn't get to. Didn't get to score, unfortunately. Anyway, um, so now it's it's not up to them anymore. They couldn't. They couldn't get it on. They would have for sure been in the MAC tournament uh, if. You know they they won, but now it's up to it's up to everybody else. So that's kind of unfortunate for them. I don't know. I don't. I don't really see if they make the MAC tournament. I don't really see them going too far. No. You know, especially after a result like this. Say they say they go to overtime and they win three to three to two, or they you know they get that uh they they get that goal to take the lead. Then I feel like that you know that kind of win brings out a different feeling amongst the team. You know, it's not really about them being seven and twelve anymore. It's yeah. about them. You know, just riding their momentum because they won the game before this as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I it's mean, really a different feeling. Yeah, it's totally. I mean, it's absolutely flipped. Like you know, there's now you're just hoping to you know make it in. <laughs> yeah, you're hoping to keep going. In. You know, it, it's like uh, you're not confident. You're not as nearly as confident as you would would have been. Have you uh, won the game and forced yourselves into exactly. the tournament? You know. So, Guaranteeing a spot, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of unfortunate for them. We don't know yet, but their their season could be over uh, here after this last game. Um, Lexi Palafis is her senior year. What a career she's had. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a, quite the loss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> how honestly, do you replace that? Yeah, looking at like we we talk a lot about how football can't replace their good players. Like we're gonna have to see what's like where they get their scoring. Yeah, uh, you know, in the upcoming years, because Lexi was their scoring. I mean, yeah, for they, the past like two, three, mm-hmm. four years, you know, she even led. You know, she led when she was a freshman, even though she only had like, I think it was like four or five goals, but she was still the leading scorer. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're not you're is, not gonna stop hearing her name either. I guarantee you, she goes somewhere to keep playing soccer too. It's what oh, she's yeah. all about, wanting to keep playing wherever she could possibly play. So you'll keep hearing her name, but it, it is kind of like. It's kind of sad in a way just because it's been so much fun to watch for the past yeah, however many years. Exactly. Yeah, I haven't got to watch that pretty often. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also kind of frustrating too just because, I mean, what's there really to show from, like, an overall team perspective, right? Like, she scores all these goals, but what has, like, her team been able to accomplish? What does she have to show for and that? She's the offensive leader of the team. Like, like, w- like where are the where are the MAC tournament wins? You know, where yeah. where is the MAC championship? You know, like... I mean, that's yeah, the thing that's, it, that's, that's annoying that, the most. That's the worst part about it. I mean, like, looking back on her career, that's going to be what she's concerned about. It's not going to be yeah. that she didn't score more goals, but it's going to be that the team wasn't able to achieve what they might have wanted to, mm-hmm. which which is the unfortunate part. But, I mean, that's just kind of sports. You know, you can only do so much. Yeah, um, as one person. Unless you're unless you're playing, like, tennis or something, you know. Like, <laughs> you only rely on yourself. But yeah. you can only do so much. So much yeah, and that that's point. the truth, though. And that's kind yeah. of the, the thing that's frustrating in her situation. But, you know, like you said, hopefully they can, can get in still, mm-hmm. you know, somehow, some way. And 
and try to make a run because they are one of those teams where, especially with Lexi leading the front, if they get hot, they can get hot and make and make a little bit of a run, and they, oh, they've yeah. proven that. So if you can just even get in, there's always a chance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like Andy said, she'll probably be playing soccer somewhere else. Uh, I'm I'm dead sure of it. Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> we'll be keeping know, up with her for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely play. follow along. Uh, we'll have all your coverage at CM hyphen life. This was definitely a young team <laughs> though too. So there there will be people yeah. that come back next year for them and no, exactly. probably are able to learn a lot from yeah, a season. I like mean this. they got a rock in the midfield, a rock in the back, and mm-hmm. and a great scoring threat that are all graduating, but they are young. Yeah. Um so I'm sure I mean, you know, it's not like this is the last season they're ever gonna win more than five games or anything. Yeah, no, I think they'll be okay next year. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna be fine. Uh, moving on a little bit, we're going to talk about some men's and women's basketball. Uh, what are the projected starting lineups? What do we think uh, from the reporting that we've done? Um, let's start with men's. Well, starting with men, I, I asked Kino on, I think it was Tuesday I went to practice. Mm-hmm. I asked him about, you know, pretty much, you know, I asked him right away if there's an exact starting lineup. He didn't really want to tell me that right off the bat. Yeah. But it's he made it pretty clear. You know, I, I kind of said, is there any specifics? Um, and he, he gave me right away, he said, I'll start the seniors. What else will we expect, guys? Start with the oh, seniors. Of course. Um, Larry Austin Jr. Um, and and uh, Sean Roundtree are the two guys that are expected to start up there. And then, as you would expect, Kevin McKay, who basically played starters minutes a year ago, is going to start as well, right. along with David DeLeo at a forward position. Uh, McKay's kind of like a hybrid. He almost, he almost kind of plays both. He'll definitely do a lot yeah. inside. But the one thing that's interesting about this team, you know, that you don't really know right now is who's going to play that number five spot when they lose a guy like Luke Meyer, who was there for four years, pretty much started the entire time he was there. Um, but they, they got a, a bunch of guys that have transferred in now that, you know, all have a lot of height, completely different type of play style. I mean, they're all like yeah. people that know how to bang underneath and play underneath. They aren't the kind of guy like Luke was where he pretty much just stepped outside to shoot threes or take it in that way. He was never a guy that was like known for his rebounding or anything like that. Now they got a guy like Rob Montgomery who did start with the Maroon team, I can say that at least, who was made up of most of the starters in the Maroon and Gold game. So, I mean, you can expect to maybe see him. Get the start. I'm not sure if he'll get it or not. Yeah, Kino that's, didn't who, tell that's me that. who we're kind of thinking, but I yeah. mean, who knows? He, uh, he listed a rotation and he's and he said that you know Kevin Hamlet could also get in there, Romelo Burrell, and then of course Innocent Uoko, who's a redshirt sophomore. Yeah, those guys are all going to be in a rotation and get plenty of time to like earn their chance to play. But a four man rotation is a lot of people, so I, I'm kind of right. interested to see how he actually works that in there. Yeah, plus like all those guys are like forward center types, like yeah, and like not guards, you know. But I feel like Larry Austin Jr. and Sean Rontree are going to be playing big minutes. Yeah, that'll I think that'll essentially be their team. What yeah. everybody gravitates around with those guys, um, you know, nothing too serious. You know, Davis mentioned to me um, during practice. I asked him about injuries. He said there's nothing that's kept anybody out of practice, but. He did say that, you know, this week uh, McKay and both Larry Austin Jr. have been limited. They haven't practiced as much, but nothing that will probably keep them out of game action. So they're pretty much a fully healthy team. So you're going to be able to get whatever they— No excuses. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be able to have what they have. And he told me this week also that there is no doubt that this is, in his mind, that this is the best defensive team he's ever had. Hmm. At CMU. Now, I, I don't I don't know what that's going to mean. He just said, simply we have more athleticism this year at, at, on the defensive side than yeah. I've ever had since I've been here. Now, how believable is that? I mean, hey, athleticism, most of the time it translates to good defense. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they do it, all, it all comes down to, <laughs> to to their coaching as well. So, I mean, who knows? I, I, I guess I believe them because they haven't played a game yet. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to believe them until I see different. Uh, yeah, it's just... 
it's just tough to make those kind of calls in preseason like this. You know, you, you know, you haven't seen them actually compete against anybody. But I think Larry Austin Jr. is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, Sean Rountree, Kevin McKay, and David DeLeo, they're at least locked up for the for four of the five. And they're all good uh, players, I think, spots, too. Yeah. Like, I, they, I think they do have a chance to be good this year. It's really just about what they're going to bring on defense. I mean, mm-hmm. can they actually step up and make that next step to be that good? We'll see. Um, and, yeah. Larry, and Larry does bring a lot of, you know, athleticism to him as well. The guy's flying all over the court the game that I watched. So I'm excited to yeah. see what, you know, he can actually do for them because they need they need someone like that. They need, I mean, really, I know, I know that it didn't really result to many wins, but Marcus Keem was like a spark plug when he was here. They need someone that can kind of be like that because last year mm-hmm. I wrote a column about it. I didn't really feel like the team had leadership last year. I don't really feel like they had one guy, you know, you can talk about Josh Kaczynski, whatever else it is. They didn't really have a guy that stepped up and just made decisions for them or, you know, went out in the court and just did it. Like, did, yeah. did what he does yeah, and, got and, and got the job done. They didn't have that last year. They were always looking to someone else to get the points. I think you might see that in a guy like Larry Austin because he looks really confident in the game that I watched him play in. Yeah, honestly, like, talking to some of my buddies and stuff, like, people who went to the Maroon and Gold game, they said you could tell Larry Austin Jr. was the best player out there on the court. You know, it wasn't Sean Rontree. It wasn't David DeLeo, Kevin McKay. Like, uh, Larry Austin Jr. was out there, like, you know, diving for balls, yeah, like going off. Oh yeah, but he was he was trying the first really, first play yeah. of the game went right to the scorers table. So yeah, that's like where it was at, just com- complete so effort. Let, let's hope he can be that spark plug for this team this year. I'm excited to see uh, what they can do if they can do anything. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, moving on a little bit to the women's basketball team. Uh, what what's our projected starting five for the women's basketball team, Evan? Head coach Sugavara said that she wants to take it game by game and. Their first game coming up is uh, is closed to the public, but it's a scrimmage against the University of Michigan on Saturday. And then they follow up with a, a scrimmage against Northwood on November 1st. And, and you know, the starting lineup right now heading into the game against Michigan, which Sue said is most likely going to be the look that they're going to give, you know, for the first game of the, of the season mm-hmm. as well, um, is a little bit interesting, actually. Senior guard Presley Hudson, redshirt sophomore guard Michaela Kelly, redshirt junior Gabrielle Bird. And then their senior forward, Raina Frost. Those are kind of you know names that were expected with Bird joining the mix. But the interesting one is freshman forward Jahari Smith is going to be starting at least against Michigan um, over Kira Bustle, the center, someone that was you know expected to take yeah, over for yeah. Tanara Moore after last year, and now wow. a, a freshman comes in and, and takes the spot to start. Basically, you know, Jahari Smith is is the type of player that you know can can run run the court really mm-hmm. well and, and she's a, a solid rebounder kind of like a almost like a mini reign of frost but her biggest issue is just she hasn't been able to shoot the three ball yet and that's what what sue wants to work with her on said yeah you know by the end of the season we want to have you being able to make you know three-point jumpers we want to yeah, build our that, offense and around that's that. in the court skill i mean she well this team specifically taught michaela kelly how to shoot threes and by the end of the uh, by the end of the year last year, I mean, she was like... She was hitting them. Yeah, she Tenar was Moore, same sure. thing. Yeah, Tanara Moore. I mean, uh, you know, give her one season, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure the hell they'll sort it out. out. Yeah, for sure. What I'm kind of surprised by is that Gabby Bird is getting that... Uh, uh, in going to be in the starting lineup. I wasn't sure if they were going to run with three guards, maybe throw Maddie Waters in there, who who, who got some significant play time at the end of the year, year last year. Uh, but I'm excited to see what they're going to do with... Uh, is it J- Jahara Smith? Jahari yeah. Smith, yeah. Jahar, oh Jahari, sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a freshman. I mean, we don't really know much about her, but uh, you know, if if Sue's gonna start her in the first year, she must be you know pretty held held pretty highly. I guess Sue knows what she's it. doing oh, at yeah. this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I don't think yeah, I, 
I think that's definitely the right decision if Sue thinks it's the right decision. So uh, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, Presley out to Michaela, Michaela Kelly, Gabby Bird, uh, Jahari Smith, and Raina Frost. Mm-hmm. So Raina, she's five. coming back. Raina's going to be great this year. Presley's going to be great this year. Kelly's going to be great this year. They're going to be another loaded yeah. team. We'll see They're if they can loaded. they can repeat at the Sweet 16, but it'll be fun to watch throughout the, the whole season. Mm-hmm. Something I'm excited to, to kind of look out for is because, like, last year they pretty much just played their starting five. I mean, they had, like, two subs, but they never used them for the whole regular season. They they used them a lot more, actually, in the MAC tournament and in the uh, NCAA tournament than they did uh, during the regular season, which I found pretty odd. Uh, but we'll see. I mean— who knows? Seuss, you know, maybe yeah. maybe playing those subs helps them out more yeah. than they thought. Yeah, Guevara, like that's the thing that uh, our one of our previous beat writers have, has asked is, you know, does it really tire them out that much to be playing, you know, forty minutes in these games? Because the starters played a lot of minutes. Uh, you know, they didn't seem to be too affected by that. But I, I I'd like to see, you know, how how much they're gonna sub girls in and out. You know, how much turnover there's there's gonna be over the course of a game, even if they're up by, you know. 15 or 20, you know, see if they see if they throw a couple couple of the backups in or or try to switch things up a little bit. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, this week uh, we talked about some some of the CMU football team, went through the starting lineups of uh, basketball, both basketball teams, and then checked up on the CMU soccer team. That's all we got for you here at Central Michigan Life on Maroon and Bold. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.